The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. All right, you ready? Did you bring your Bible? I'm in the book of 2 Kings this morning, chapter 5. And I'm going to preach a little bit. I know you know the story. But I'm going to point out a few maybe different things from this great story. This is about Naaman. And the title of the message today about Naaman is Let It Go. Let it go. go. Everybody say it. Let it go. Look at somebody next to you and say, there's probably a lot of things you need to let go of. I, I, I mean, I, that, that is, at any given day, that's always the truth. And we go through life and we start picking up stuff that we need to let go of, don't we? And we hold on to things. So, you know, how many, how many gals have, have been in a, a relationship with someone that isn't right. She's a Christian, maybe, and and let's say, but she really fell in love with Johnny, the good-looking boyfriend, big football player, Johnny. Johnny had a cool car. Johnny had his hair slicked back. Johnny was a good, strong man, and she was smitten by Johnny. But Johnny didn't know Christ. And so, but the, the gal kept pursuing Johnny and following her feelings. That, that's one problem, following your feelings that get you in a lot of trouble. You need to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, and so, but she, she, she gets Johnny, she gets in this relationship with Johnny. But you know, you know, you know that. That's not a good situation, man. Johnny's not, not okay. And, uh, but she, but man, it's so hard. You, you can't just reason. God's got to do this. She won't let him go. She, know, well, wait, do you know what Johnny, I know what he does and this and this and this and the, it's, it's not cool, it's not good. Yeah, but I love Johnny. I can't let Johnny go. And Johnny's, I tell you, Johnny's going to, if I just hang on with him, I, I really believe that Johnny's going to f- fall on his knees and become a Christian and quit this and this and this and this and this and pulling me into stuff. Amen. I'll tell you, here's a word. I just simplified. I, 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 I can't go through all that with all, with all the girls that are in wrong relationships or even guys. Because I, here's, I just say, wait, stop. Before you tell me the whole story, I want to tell you right now, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. And now, as a little illustration, years ago when I was a young boy, I loved to go, I've told you about, you know, my family's from Mississippi. And my grandfather was a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse. My, but, he had a, but he grew up on a farm. He had like 13 brothers and sisters. And he grew up on this farm. And, and, so, but, and so he had he had a house kind of toward town, but he still had a big pasture and a barn. And out in his pasture was horses and cows and, 
you know, when I, I couldn't, man, I, I love my grandmother and grandfather, but when I got to the farm, I ran past my grandmother and grandfather, and I wanted out in that pasture. I wanted to climb some fences. I, 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 just, did, I just wanted to, I wanted to get involved in, in the barn and go up in the barn. And, and, and then I got intrigued. I, wanna, I, I told my grandpa, I said, I want to ride a cow. A calf, uh, you know, make it, give me a smaller one, but I want to ride him. And so my granddaddy tied this rope about around this cow's neck, and I, he had to help me get up on that cow, but I, and I got up on that cow. Now, that's, that's a big doing for a city guy, man. You get up, you're riding a cow. We don't get to do that in Liberty Township out here. Huh? But there I was, and I, I got up on that, on that cow, and then granddaddy held, gave me the rope. And as soon as my grandfather stepped back, that cow took off. And uh, like, I, like the idiot that I was at the time, I held on to that rope. And then that cow threw me off, and, he, and he's still running. And he, that cow's running as fast as he can. He, uh, you know, he probably was mad at my grandfather think, saying, where'd you get this city slicker here? He, I'm not letting him ride me. Cows aren't meant to be ridden like that. And so, he, and so that cow took off across that pasture, and I held on to that rope. And, and you know, I mean, man, I was being drugged. I was bouncing. It was things hit me in the face. And, and when that started happening, for some reason, I held on tighter. I, I, I was not going to, I just felt like the right thing to do is I'm going to hold on to this rope. And all of a sudden, as I was kind of looking side to side, as I was being bounced along and drugged by this cow through the pasture, all of a sudden, I turned my face straight ahead, and that cow pulled me right through the biggest pile of cow manure that you ever saw. And my face hit that pile of cow manure, and there was cow manure from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And then my grandfather, after it was oh, finally over, he said, why didn't you let that rope go? Why didn't you let it go? Isn't it true that sometimes we do? We hold on to things you've got to let go of. And I want to tell you boldly today, you're never going to get where you're going holding on to things that aren't taking you to the right place. And you need to learn when it's time to let him go. Everybody shout, let it go. Let now here's Naaman. We'll point out some things that Naaman needed to let go in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5. Now Naaman was a captain of the host of the king of Syria. And he was a great man with his master. And he was honorable because by the, him... The Lord had given great deliverance to Syria. He was a mighty man in valor. So, so far, all we know about Naaman is he's complimented. 
from verse 1 all the way down here. Right? But he was a mighty man in valor. Uh-oh. But he was a leper. So as you know, that's what's sometimes in my life I read the word and find out what I am in Christ. I found out that I am more than a conqueror with Christ. I found out that I am I'm a citizen of the royal kingdom of Almighty God. Amen. That and 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 I found out and I, I when I read the word I find out what I am in Christ. Amen. What I can do in Christ. That I can overcome everything in Christ. But but you know what? With all of us, in in Naaman's case, great, great this, great, great, honorable, great leader, awesome, awesome. But there's a but to it. But there's some things in Naaman's life that aren't okay. So while he's a great general and leader of the army of Syria, he was a leper. Now you know that he, he got up every day with his leprosy. He had to live through the day with his leprosy. And he had to go to bed at night a leper. And you know they would take lepers and they would separate the lepers from the rest of, of the, you know, the, the people. Right? It was like a type of isolation. They would put all the lepers together. But, but Naaman, you know, I'm going to tell you about Naaman. Naaman was a general, and undoubtedly, he was royally dressed. So he dressed like a leader. You know, he was known as the leader of, 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 in the army at Syria. And, and Naaman was, was undoubtedly royally dressed as a leader, but those things were just covering up the other part of his life. Huh? There's a, there's, I mean, it's true for all of us. This is no discredit to anybody. Naaman, I don't know how Naaman got leprosy or why Naaman got leprosy. All I know is he had it. But there was, a, there was like a conflicting thing in Naaman's life. In the day I'm a great leader and everybody salutes and sees me, as the conqueror of Syria. But at night, when I'm by myself, and when I take my royal clothes off that nobody else can see, when I take my royal clothes off, I'm a leper. I'm a leper. And leprosy's a rough disease. It, it literally rots your flesh. And so Naaman, you know, there was a conflicting time in Naaman's life. And that's the truth with us. We're more than conquerors. We have overcome. We've been set free. We can do all things through Christ. What's yours? Like, but, if it was Naaman, we'd say, but he was a leper. What's yours? And what, you know, it could be anything. But, but when I go to bed at night and take off all that other stuff and lay it down, I got to live with what I really am. Everybody else thinks I'm great and mighty, but they don't know what I'm hiding and what I'm covering up. I'm, I'm great. I'm a great leader. I've been saluted and honored, but I'm a leper. 
I want to tell you today, your, whatever your but in this case is, I am more than a conqueror. I'm a born-again Christian. I'm an overcomer and a, win a winner. Maybe there's a but in your life right now. But you are a da-da-da, whatever that is. I want you to know today that you're the, the, the butt in your life. <laughs> huh? The, you're more than a conqueror, pastor. Great. You're, you're a good pastor. You're a great leader. Great. Awesome. But I know that there's a butt in, in my life. Amen. And here's what I want to tell you to start. Your butt doesn't have anything to do with what you really are. Your butt, great man, great leader, great husband, great father, great Christian, but he's, he's, he's got this. And you know what? Your butt may be something, something that nobody knows. Nobody's ever heard it. It's between, and, and you know, that's why the devil tries to isolate us and gets us to keep secrets and not be vulnerable with brothers and sisters and open up so that healing can come. Amen? But your butt doesn't have anything to do with what you really are. It doesn't change it. Amen? So, okay, so there's Naaman the leper. And Syria had gone out by companies and brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. So the Syrian army that Naaman led went and captured another group of people. And, and among that group of people was a little maid. And that maid, when they captured her with all the other people, she, she became... The, the helper to Naaman's wife. And she waited on her. And she, the maid, said to her mistress, would God my Lord were with the, the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So she said, she just, you know, it wasn't really her place, but she went for it. And she said to Naaman's wife, Naaman, I'll tell you, he's, he's tried everything. I've heard you talk about it. He's tried everything to get rid of that leprosy. Nothing's worked. But I'm telling you, if we could get him to the prophet, that the prophet could do by the power of Almighty God and the gifting of the glory of God that he walks in, amen, by the, by the power of the prophet, God, could help him recover from his leprosy. And here's what I want to tell you right now. You know what? I don't care what your butt is. This will just have to go over because it's in context, I promise. I don't care what, how big your butt is. I don't care how... How big your butt is. You're a great Christian. Man, you're a great worshiper. You do this great. But whatever your butt is, amen, I don't care what the butt is. I don't care how big the butt is. But all I know is that the Lord, 
That, that little girl knew this, that God, through the prophet, was big enough to deal with this big butt. I'm telling you boldly today that God is dealing with your big butt. Whatever your butt is, and I don't mean any of that in a, a nasty way. You know, my, I don't do that. But I'm telling you, I'm just in the context of what I'm talking about, it fits. And Naaman, that little girl told his wife, if he can get to the man of God, you know what, you know what that tells us? God can fix whatever your butt is. Hey, Naaman's was leprosy. You don't have to live with what your butt is. You know, my, maybe your butt is, well, my family's all poor. We come from the other side of the tracks, and there's nobody great in my family, so I probably can't ever do anything great. I don't care what your butt is. God can fix your, the, the butt that in, this, in this context. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, we lived through it, I think, that part. I knew that would be a trip. <laughs> Verse 4, and one went in and told his Lord the saying of the young girl, thus and thus said the maid that is in the land of Israel. Verse 5, and the king of Syria said, go to, go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come to you, behold, I therewith have, been, have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. So, the, so in verse 6, he didn't, go to the, he didn't go to the prophet. He went to the king. Now, we're not knocking kings. We respect the king. But the prophet's got the power in this case. And so, and it came to pass when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes. And he said, am I God to kill and make alive that this man, this man does sent unto me to recover this man of leprosy? In other words, this, 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 this king was saying, I don't, I don't do that. I just run the country. I don't do miracle healings. So I don't know why you're coming to me. <laughs> he said, Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. And it was so that when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel tore his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, why have you rent your clothes? He said, let him come now to me. And he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. He's supposed to be at Naaman's house, but he went to the king first. And, Naaman, and Elijah heard about it. Elisha heard about it and said, send him to me. And he and so verse 9 says, So Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. 
Now, don't you know that when the king of Syria or the, the, the general of Syria, of the army, when he pulls up, he's not coming in some cheap chariot. He's coming, he's dressed the best. His horses were finely groomed and were, were the best, undoubtedly. He had a team of people that traveled with him. And Elisha, so they went and stood at the door of the house of Elijah, verse 10. And Elisha sent a messenger to him and said, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will come again to you, and you will be clean. But Naaman, Naaman was, was angry and went away and said, Behold, I thought... He will surely come out to me and stand and come call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. You know what I learned about that? You can't be in control of how God fixes your butt. You're not in control of it. That's, Naaman said, man, I, I thought this guy would just come out and do something real quick. Amen. Verse 12, and by the way, Naaman said, are not Abana and far, 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 far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? And he turned and went away in a rage. I got a word for you. You get ticked off about that things aren't working out like you that, you that you thought was, how God was going to fix your butt? I want to tell you right now, there's people that live today angry with God most of the time because he's not done it their way. And Naaman went, on, went away in a rage. I want to tell you something. When you get ticked off and you walk away from the prophet of God and his instructions, I'm telling you right now, you're on your own and you're going to keep that thing in your life that is the butt. Amen. You're going you're to keep it. You're going you're to hang in there. You're going to have it. And so, so he, so in verse 13, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, if the prophet had, had bid thee to do some great thing, Would thou not have done it? Well, how much rather than when he said to you, wash and be clean. And here you go. And then he went down and he dipped himself seven times in Jordan. Now, you know, Jordan wasn't some big mighty river like the Nile. Jordan was a simple river that ran through Israel. That's the place where Jesus was, was baptized. I got a word for Naaman. If the Jordan River, that small, unmighty little river, that Jordan River, that's a dirty river. It's a muddy river. It's not a cool river. It's just, but it's God's river. If, if that river was good enough to baptize Jesus. It's good enough for you to get your butt taken care of when, when the healing power comes. 
Amen? Now I got to hurry. Hmm. He dipped himself seven times in Jordan, verse 14, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came to him, came again like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. I'm telling you, God can get rid of that thing in your life. That's, that's, that, I don't know how long Naaman had leprosy. I, I don't know, but I'll tell you, it, it, that, that thing, he, did, he, he was a great general, but he dragged his leprosy with him wherever he went. But God, when you get ready to do it God's way, and you go down to the River Jordan, and you humble yourself. And I'll tell you, let me tell you one other thing about this. This whole thing wasn't about wasn't just about Naaman's leprosy. It was about Naaman's pride and his heart. It's not about the leprosy. God can fix that. But it's about getting Naaman to get to a place where he's humbled before God. Where, he's, where he finally gives in and says, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'll do whatever. I don't want there to be this thing in my life anymore. Praise God. Because God's after our hearts. Hallelujah. And he returned to the man of God, and he and all his company came, stood before him, and said, Behold, now I know. Now I know. Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except the God of Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. And there's, there's more to that. But here's, here's three things I wrote down that Naaman needed to, to, to let go of. Picture your pastor with that rope following a cow. Number one, you got to, Naaman had to let go of, of, he had to let go of what he really was and not be afraid any longer that I'm a leper. You, you know, in other words, you got to acknowledge your butt. How many know there's a lot of pretenders in the church? We come to church, we get all fake, we look awesome, right? You know, I've been shocked. You know, I see people come to church, they're, you know, they don't misbehave, they seem good, and it's awesome. But then there's a butt in their life, they got an anger issue. And outside their home, and I start getting calls from the, his, the wife, the family members, because this guy wouldn't, he, he wouldn't let go. And until he let go of being afraid of what you really are, you got to acknowledge it. If you've got a weakness in your life, you gotta, I'm telling you, you've got to confess it. You've got to acknowledge it. Instead of just putting your royal clothes on like Naaman did, you've got you to gotta let go of being afraid to admit that i got a butt in my life 
but I'm going to get it fixed by the power of God. So Naaman needed to let it go, but he kept holding on to. What will people think of me if they find out that I'm really a leper? Number two, I wrote it down. Naaman had to let go of having to have it his way. He wanted a big old nice powerful river or he wanted Elisha just to wave his hand over that. It's really pride. He, you know what he wanted? He wanted an instant change. You know, people today, we love quick changes. We want pills to make us happy and we want another pill that'll make us skinny. That's how we want to do it. We don't want to do anything about, about what's the cause of my unhappiness and my depression. We don't want to do, we just want a pill. Give me a pill. Take the pill. Quick fix. Huh? Then I want that other pill real bad. I want that pill that when I take it, it'll, it'll make me skinny in two or three days. See, instead of doing what you got to do. So, you know, if you want to be skinny, the answer is not a pill to give you that instant change. The answer is you have to move. You have to eat right. We have to exercise. I'm talking about you got to go to go and sweat a little bit. You got to put out some effort. Huh? You got to work that thing. There, you know, muscles are, are like anything else. You don't use them, you lose them. I'm a good example of that. Huh? You got you to do something about it instead of just wanting the quick fix all the time. I, here's what I'm telling you, me. We need to let go of quick fixes. Let them go. They're, they're, they're going to drag you through a pile of manure, brother, and it's not going to be good to you. Good for you. Amen? Then thirdly, I wrote down that Naaman needed to let go of the old thing and grab hold of the new thing. You know, we lots of times, come on, praise team, we don't want, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe this, that God doesn't, doesn't want us he doesn't just want to get involved with us and fix our old stuff. He wants to absolutely make us brand new. And the example of that is, is, is what Naaman finally came to when he washed. He had, this, he had the skin of a child, which was perfect and beautiful, colorful and awesome. So you got to let go of Having begging God to fix my old thing. Huh? And you got to let that go. And when you let that go, you can be free for God to begin to do a new thing in your life. I know this. I'm telling you. I, I know that Naaman, yes, he was. Naaman was in a process. And God had to deal with his heart and get him to the place that he could be clean 
and be free and have a new thing in his life. That's why I really believe in, I believe that Christ is the answer. Like in the Old Testament, like Jesus, I mean, in the Old Testament, there were prophets. In the New Testament, the prophet of, of the New Testament is Jesus. He's a prophetic voice. And that prophetic voice, he doesn't just want to fix your old thing. All the surgeries in the world weren't going to fix Naaman's leprosy. It was deeper than that. But God, when he finally did what God wanted him to do, God said that I'm going to do a new thing in your life now, Naaman. Now I can. Now I'm not just fixing what the old thing. I'm giving you a new thing. I want to say to everybody today that's in this battle, whatever your butt is, whatever you're battling, whatever you're dealing with that's this big thing that, that maybe nobody knows about, I want you to know today, if we'll bring it to Jesus, that Jesus will be, do a new thing. That's, that's what God is. See, you need to get over, well, I need to go this person, this person, this person, because I got I to gotta get that, this thing fixed. This, you know, listen, man, you need more than fixed. You need something new. And I'm telling you, I prophesy as your pastor today, and I'm telling everybody on our live stream today that God is done just listening to you and me say, fix my old thing. Today, God says this is a new day because like Naaman of old, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. See, see, God, you know, God doesn't just want to send you to four or five marriage counselors and then that's, see, that's the, that's the happy pill. That's what we want. I'm going to go to a weekend marriage conference and then my marriage will be wonderful. That's like a, that's like a happy pill, man. God wants to do a totally new thing in my life in the name of Jesus in your life. Let's all stand up this morning as we close. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.